Welcome to episode one of On Wednesdays We Web. I'm your host, Sonia. Today I'm here with Angela Stockland. Go ahead. Hi, so glad to be here. So my name is Angie Stockland. I'm an angel investor, a startup mentor, and a lecturer of entrepreneurship at Purdue University. Awesome. And I actually happen to be in Angie's class this year. So just seeing her give her lectures this year has given me a lot of insight about her business thus far. And it's definitely impressive. So my first question, just to get our audience introduced to you, who is Angie? That's such a great question. Um, And honestly, after I sold my business because I was an entrepreneur for about 14 years, I did have a little bit of a life crisis. And I went through this like kind of same um, process of figuring out who I am as a person. Um, Because once you're an entrepreneur for so long, you get kind of entangled in your business and your self-identity becomes entrepreneurship. Um, But now I would say that I identify myself as um, someone who loves to read. I love to travel. Um, I love to exercise. I'm very interested in wellness, um, both mental wellness and physical wellness. I'm a vegetarian. I love my family. I'm obsessed with all things British because I spent a semester in London. Um, And I really love entrepreneurship and just empowering that next generation to take a chance on entrepreneurship and giving them permission to be whoever they want to be. Awesome. I love that. Lots of good things here, especially your transformation from being an entrepreneur and then teaching here. So my first question is, what was college like for you? And now that you teach at a college, you know, how is that different? What can you kind of tell us about things that kind of you wish you knew when you were in college versus now? It's so interesting to go back to college as a professor because um, I think I didn't treat my college experience as you guys treat yours. I feel like students today take so much more advantage of the opportunities given to them. Um, I was a very, very busy high school student. I went to a small high school and I was involved in everything. And by the time I got to college, I was just kind of exhausted. Um, And so I feel like I took four years to figure out who I was as a person and what I wanted to do with my career. But I don't necessarily think that I understood the opportunities available to me in college. So people that were coming to campus to give talks or lectures. Um, I don't remember attending one of those. I don't remember enjoying or attending a lot of club meetings or getting involved in leadership opportunities. And I feel like all of my students here in the ENTR program are so involved. They're so dedicated to their careers and figuring out um, what's their next internship opportunity or what do they want to do during the semester. Um, And I've been really impressed with that. And it makes me rethink exactly like what was I doing in college? But I guess I'm here to tell you, too, that you can figure it out along the way. Awesome. I love that advice. Um, Speaking of, you know, your journey to becoming a professor, what was your biggest mistake in your business that you can talk about? What have you learned that probably will have the biggest impact on our listeners right now? I would say, I mean, there were tons of mistakes that we made, right? Like, you can't be an entrepreneur without making mistakes. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that we made was um, a few years into the business, I was a school psychologist by my background and my co-founder was a software engineer. We had never done this before. We didn't have startup experience. We didn't have experience. We didn't have business degrees either. And so there was a point in time where I think we lost confidence in our ability to hire the right people and figure it out on our own. And we convinced ourselves that we needed to start hiring executives and people that had experience doing this before. Um, And to be honest, that was a big mistake because we were prioritizing experience and we were prioritizing expertise and not necessarily people that were going to work well in our organization. Um, And it really set our organization back. And so I think one of the things I learned from that was to believe in yourself, right? 
And over time, as we continue to solve problems and move forward, um, I gained more confidence. And now I do believe that whatever comes my way, I can figure it out. But at that point in time, that lack of confidence really led us to make a big mistake with the business. See, that makes sense. Yes. And then you did mention, you know, the beginnings of your business and your partner and your employees. So can you talk a little bit about that? You know, did you start the business all by yourself? Was your partner always there? Did you have a huge team, small team? How did this all unfold, I guess? So it was just the two of us for the first year and a half, and we kept our full-time jobs. And so that allowed us to really focus on making the business a profitable endeavor because we didn't need to take salaries um, because we had our full-time jobs. So while it was really tough in the beginning to manage our time um, and to put enough time into the business to make it grow, after a year and a half, I was able to leave my job, and then we started hiring people slowly. Um, so it was a great experience because it allowed us to do literally every single job in the business before we were, were forced to hire people to help us out. And you have a better understanding of how your business works when you're forced to learn how to do it on your own. Awesome. Do you think that starting your business as a partnership was the best option for you? Like, did it help the business grow in a way? Or did you have second thoughts and say, hmm, maybe I could have done this by myself and it would have been a lot better? I do think about that. I think that... My co-founder and I had a very good relationship. And while I probably could do a business venture on my own, it wouldn't have been the same venture. Um, I'm very execution oriented. I love processes and procedures and details, but I'm not a dreamer. Um, I'm not as much of a visionary as he was. And so if I had started the business on my own, I think it would have remained small and it may have just been me or like maybe a couple of team members in a small office somewhere. I don't necessarily know that I have the vision, or at least I didn't at the time, to be able to grow a business to the size that we did on my own. Gosh, I like that. That's very like transparent to um, hear from especially a professor of mine. So what is a key takeaway that you'd like our listeners to know about starting a business? I know you mentioned, you know, having a partnership, going through mistakes and um, taking time to look back on things. But what about a key takeaway that you want us to know about? Yeah. I think one of the key takeaways that I like to talk about is the fact that there is no perfect time to start a business. Um, and anytime you start a business, there are lots of sacrifices that you have to make. And so it's really easy to, um, I think, get caught up in entrepreneurs talking about like how little they sleep and how much they work. But I think there is an undercurrent there that you need to understand um, that to build a fast growing business, there are a lot of sacrifices that you have to make and you don't get to do everything that you want to do. And you don't necessarily get to go on vacation all the time because you don't have enough help <laughs> like to run the business while you're gone. And so make sure it's something that you really want to do and something that you're committed to. Um, but also don't wait for the perfect opportunity because the perfect opportunity rarely arises. Awesome. I like that too. Lots of sacrifice. Things that, you know, as women in business, we think about a lot and we have a lot of people come talk to us about, but we never get like a concise answer like that. So that's really awesome. Now, one of the things that we also talk about in our meetings is um, imposter syndrome. That's been coming up a lot recently when we have a lot of our women entrepreneurs come in and talk to us. So what advice do you have for us when it comes to imposter syndrome? Have you ever experienced it? Do you know people who've experienced it? How do you kind of go about it? I don't know that I've ever talked to a female that has not experienced imposter syndrome. And I know it's not just females, like men can experience imposter syndrome as well. Um, but I think that we are more prone to imposter syndrome just because of the society that we've grown up in, right? And so, yeah, I absolutely have. I think most recently is when I was talking to the director here at Purdue about taking a job as a professor. And I thought, am I really qualified to do this? Like, I don't know that, like, is my experience something that people would actually want to listen to? 
Um, and so, you know, you take a day to kind of freak out and then you tell yourself, why not? Like, why not me? Like, and then you kind of like pump yourself up a little bit and say like, what's the worst that can happen? So I take this job, like this job currently, I teach for a semester, I realize I'm not good at it, or I realize I don't like it. And then I step away and do something else. Like, there's very little harm in that. So I think if you can figure out, like, convince yourself, like, why not you? Like, you're probably just as qualified as the person next to you. And then kind of think of the worst case scenario, like, what if you fail? What does that look like? And are you okay with it? Then let's move forward. I really like that, especially, I mean, you mentioned like taking this job specifically. I mean, I've been your student for the entire semester and absolutely love hearing from you. So to even think that, wow, my professor has had imposter syndrome about teaching here. Yeah. Like who would have thought? Absolutely. So that's really awesome. So then speaking of, you know, our, your journey from entrepreneur to professor, what's next for you? What can we expect to see from you later on in life? You know, how can we follow you, keep up with you and things like that? Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the pandemic ending because um, my main kind of goal when I left the business was to travel um, and really kind of see the world. And I've been able to travel a lot in my life, but I'm, like doing that without a full-time job and without a, a business of people relying on you sounds like a lot of fun. So I'm very much looking to that. To that. Um, and I would really love to get more involved in like the student organizations here on campus because I love the energy of students at Purdue. I love talking about entrepreneurship. Um, I love giving people opportunities and kind of helping mentor startups along the way. And so I think probably more of the same for the next couple of years um, and hopefully getting more involved in volunteer opportunities as the pandemic starts to wind down as well. Awesome. We love that. Well, welcome to the Web family officially for <laughs> this you. episode. I'm then. so excited to be here. We are so excited to have you. So thank you so much for answering our questions. Anything else that you wanted to add, maybe a small piece of advice that you want overall for the students here? We are mainly a group of women in the Purdue University area, but anything you want to add for us? I would just kind of echo what we talked about with imposter syndrome, which is why not you? Like whatever you're hoping to do in your life, whether it's climb a career ladder or start your own business or start a small business, like why not you? Like why can't you do it? Um, and I think that's a good piece of advice to leave with everybody. I love that. I love that advice. It speaks to me personally. Thank you so much, Angie, for joining in on our podcast today. We hope to see you in the future. Yeah. Thanks for having me.